right. So, Al, I want to yes. thank you, first of all, for granting me this, uh, this exclusive interview. Yeah, there's very few people have interviewed me like this, yeah. Yeah, I, I recognize that, and I appreciate it. And I'm not going to let this go. Uh, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. So, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, like, first of all, what, what was it like, you know, being the subject of this, the, the perhaps slightly obscure but very much beloved children's book, Hey Al? Well, yeah, I know. I mean, I know that it influenced you greatly. How do you know um, that? Is it I'm because I talk about it every single time we see each other? Quite possible, yeah. yeah quite possibly. That's <laughs> like, the reason. Like yeah. for years now? Look, here's the thing. Are you familiar with the Jimi Hendrix song, Hey Joe? Yeah, yeah. I cannot, I cannot see a Joe without saying, Hey Joe. I mean, I say hey to people, you know. But it's always like, Hey Joe. Every time, you know? yeah. Yeah, every In- time. Including your brother-in-law, which I know he doesn't love that song because, of course, that song is about a guy named Joe who killed his wife. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps dark subject matter, but it's a catchy a riff, bit. man. It's a catchy little thing. It's a good song. And similarly, yes, Hey Al, the children's book uh, by uh, Arthur Yorinks, of course. You know this? Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely came to me with his idea, and I had to give him the sign-off on it, obviously. Yeah, if I remember right, the opening line of the book is, Al, a nice man, a quiet man, a janitor. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That lays it out just right. I, I'm not joking. I'm going to get on YouTube and see if there's like a, like a reading, like a reading rainbow version of this book. And I'm going to put a link to it in the, in the episode when I post this so that everybody... Yeah, man. If you could find LeVar Burton reading that, yes. or reading that uh, book, that would be absolutely fantastic. Then I could finally get you to read it, huh? If LeVar would read it to you. I mean, yeah. There's no way I'm going to actually use my own reading skills, but yeah, if LeVar like, would read it... It might be like 12 pages long. It would take forever. I know. I know. That's rough. Now, now, Al, tell me about this. Um, we'll get to the bagpipe stuff. We'll get to the bagpipe stuff. But sure, sure. You work in like a top secret um, government facility underground, doing all kinds of research. Uh, you are a scientist. Uh, uh, yes. You is it? I, I know that there will be some things you can't tell me, but you know, do you wear a white lab coat frequently? Um, yes, I do quite frequently wear. Not even a white lab coat. Sometimes it's blue. Now you mix it up, huh? That's or is right, yeah. or is blue like a way of denoting like the not quite so good scientists, so that other people know? Well, it's funny you should mention that. No, it does not. But have you ever watched um, Better Off Ted? Pretty Bet- good show. Better Pretty Off good Ted. Show. Yeah, it's like a show. It's not. It's not Better Off Dead. That's right. a, that's a movie. But this is like a, I don't know, like a two season. TV show got canceled. I don't know. It's hilarious. Anyway, there's an episode in there about scientists and their lab coats and the colors of the lab coats and what they mean. So, oh, I see. Go hit that up. It's a great show. It's very entertaining. All right, one more link to include at the in the description for this episode. Better off, Ted. Yes. yes. Now there yeah, might be. I wear, I wear a lab coat often at work. And, and is the blue just a preference thing? You just get tired of white. You know, although the people who wear the lab coats are scientists with some air quotes there um the the people who make the lab coats must think that we're not very smart because they color coat the lab coats uh to denote the size so you know oh you i put on a lab coat you know <laughs> oh yeah dark blue that's the one for me <laughs> also it's a way to you know shame people on their size i guess yeah <laughs> in case you know exactly what size lab coats people are wearing right. yeah looking at them <laughs> there's no no vertical striping is going to help this because we have the color code <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, they know exactly who we are. So, I, 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 there really might be some things you can't tell me, but I'm curious. Have you have the nature of your work? Um, you know, some people might be interested in it. You, I know you you developed something to do with like disease detection or something like that, right? Sure. Yeah. You, you're probably the first person to like remember it. Everybody's like, you're making a cure for the diseases, right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, yeah, but we do do diagnostic tests. So, um, you know, here at the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak, every, there was a, sh a short supply of, of tests. So those tests that everybody was in need of, that's, that's what I make or work on making. So we actually developed a test for coronavirus during this time. And, I mean, it's a long process. So you have to show all sorts of data that shows that it's accurate and uh, specific and stuff like that. And it has to go all through the FDA and they have to approve of it and everything like that. And so it's quite a process. Um, so are you, so is, that's, that's is, what I do. Is that you low-key telling me to stop freaking out about why we don't have a cure yet? You're like, listen, there's a process. No, it's, it's just telling you that I'm not the person to do that. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, so. everybody listening to this, if you feel upset that there is not yet a cure for coronavirus, send your hate mail to Al. I'll include his address below. And he'll forward it on to the other scientists <laughs> that work on that. Because so, I, I know them all. Scientists, we yeah, all know, you know each all, other. Yeah, scientists all know each other, of course. Um, do you, I, I mean, I'd imagine that part of that process is trying to find people who have it or have had it so that you can check, right? I mean, is that a bit of yeah, a challenge so as well? Yeah, so it's... Uh, Usually we don't work with uh, patients directly. It's just like their samples that have been collected previously. So ah, sure. when they go into a clinic or whatever and they get uh, their their swab, that lovely swab that goes all the way up your nose. Yeah, that brain um, sample they like to get. Yeah, a lot of times I'll end up um, having that swab at the end of the at the end of the line. I'll just have this nice frozen tube that has <laughs> potentially someone's boogers, potentially <laughs> coronavirus. It's it's but probably it's yucky. both. It's yucky. It's yucky sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. So so if any of us wondered where those swab samples are going, they're all going to Al. So yeah, after they've been initially tested wherever you went to get tested, um, depending I guess depending on the collection site, it could potentially come to me. Well, that's exciting. It's kind of fun to think about. Yeah, um, I get to play with people's buggers. Yuck. So, so what's, what's the deal? What's the deal with, so I went, I went and played my bagpipes at this really rich guy's house. Okay. Really nice, really rich guy, kind of eccentric. And uh, because he had bagpipes, you know, you know he's a bit eccentric. Of course. And he wanted me to play for like a dinner party, and, but everybody who showed up had to have their temperature taken and stuff like that, you know, to kind of be safe. But that's not all. Once he got inside sort of the outer, sort of the outer courtyard, there, he had hired a service to like set up a table there to do blood tests for, I think it's the antibody test. Okay, yeah. Now that, you, what you're working on is a, is a, a brain test or a, a booger test. That would be like to see if someone currently has it, right? Yeah, so what, what I work on is a nucleic acid test. We actually look for the, the RNA, or the nucleic acid in the virus, as opposed to the antibodies. Now, RNA, so, that... What, that connects pieces of DNA? What, I'm trying to remember my high school biology class. No, no problem. So it's, it's just a, an analog of RNA or of DNA, basically. So humans have DNA. It encodes their genetic uh, makeup, right? So everything about you is in your DNA. And viruses, instead of having DNA, they have RNA. But it does 
it serves the same purpose um, for them. So, oh, I see. Yeah, the antibody test looks and makes sure that, or it looks for antibodies in your blood that would indicate that you've been infected before, have a current infection, and the, the DNA, or the RNA test, the nucleic acid test, would check to see if you have a current infection. I see. So, like, the blood test that I had done at this rich guy's house, that was, like, to see evidence of, of it having been there, but looking at my body, as it were. And the RNA yeah, test would be it, looking it at could, the virus It could itself. tell you if you've had it or if you currently do have it. I see. Um, and so it's, it's maybe not even as preferable as a nucleic acid test. Um, that's a hot take right there in the science world. Hot take. Yeah, wow. We're getting it all here, folks. <laughs> I know, right? So when you're, not, when you're not trying to develop tests to help solve this global pandemic situation, um, what else occupies your time? What do you like to do, Al? Well, uh, I chase my children around a lot. Yeah. I am a designated monster of whatever, they, whatever they're into at the moment, whether it be Scooby-Doo or Jurassic Park, whatever. I'm just the designated monster that gets to chase them around, cause them to squeal at a high pitch and annoy my wife. <laughs> now, to, for like a little bit of reference here, um, Al, you and I, we've, we've known each other since since high school correct but for a little while we didn't see each other um and and like we're still aware of each other but then when we kind of started to see each other again at band practice when we started when we both were started playing at garden valley pipe band um i heard you at different times reference your kids like oh i was doing this with my kids my kids need this etc it might be association that i knew your sister was a teacher but the way that you talked about your kids I just assumed that you must also be an educator because it sounded like you were talking about a room of probably 25 to 30 children. It was a long yes. time before I realized that you were talking about your own biological children. <laughs> yep, that's them. And there's not 20 or 30 of them, there's just two. But sometimes it feels like there's 20 or 30 of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just a, I'm just a weak parent, that's all. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> What little, what little I have been able to meet of your children, they're delightful. But I, 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 I also, I, I have a sister who also has, like, very high energy, two very high energy boys. And uh, it, it, it is, man, it's not like, I'm not saying anybody has bad kids. I'm just saying, wow, you parents, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, the boys, they're great. I love them. Uh, they are very rambunctious, though. And yeah. it's so loud, man. Um, just the other morning. So I don't know what time everybody else's kids wake up. We put our kids to bed at like 7.38-ish in the evening. Um, and then they usually wake up between 6 and 6.30 every single morning. Oh, boy. Which is not great because they have yet to grasp the concept of playing quietly when they wake up. Yeah, it's, it's not like It's something I, you know, every single morning when they wake up and they're really loud, I go out there and I'm like, play quietly. <laughs> they're like bagpipes. You can't turn them down. There's one, there's one like, volume. Yeah, the other day they woke up, or at least one of them had woken up, and he was just sitting in his bed, like laying in his bed, as though he was asleep, except for he was awake, and he was just singing the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> do, 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 that one. Yeah. Um, but not quietly, like he was like shout singing it. Right, yeah. Like just laying in bed and shouting the Jurassic Park <laughs> theme music and that's what he was doing. That's what he woke up and decided to do. You know, that actually sounds like a kind of inspiring way to wake up though. <laughs> I suppose. It is a beautiful song. Uh, yeah. It is a beautiful song. Thanks, John Williams. Now 
does do you have an, a special affinity for the movie Jurassic Park because of the science? I think it's fascinating, honestly. Like, it's so, in my mind, so feasible uh, of a thing. It's not real, obviously. Um, what? And it's not possible. Huh? Um, at least, at least, at the current moment, that's not a possible thing that could happen. But I mean, the way that it's laid out is so feasible that it's like, yeah, this could happen. Mm. Maybe if there was a little bit better technology, maybe this really could happen. That'd be crazy. Mm. Man, oh man. I, do, so, I, yeah, I love those movies. I was, I was on a long drive maybe like a year ago, and I needed an audiobook to keep me awake, so I listened to Jurassic Park, and I'll tell you what, that kept me awake. As a, oh, yeah. It's a thriller. I've never actually read the book. Mm. Well, I, you know, who reads, right? I, I don't even know how to read, but I can tell you that... I, bar- I barely know how to read. Yeah, yeah enough, to, enough to answer emails. You know the letters R, N, and A, right? Yes, there you go. So, Al, what got you started with bagpiping? You've been doing it for a minute. Why, why'd you start? I have been, been doing it for a minute. Um, so, I started probably in, like, junior high, maybe a little bit. Yeah, probably just junior high. And that's because Susan, my sister, um, had been playing bagpipes for a few years at that point. Um... Sean, my best friend, had just recently started playing bagpipes. Sean's going to love to hear that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, my older brother, Andrew, Andy, had been uh, playing the drums there for a little bit. That and didn't last as long. Uh, but, but, he, but he played bass, right? I think he played bass and maybe started trying to learn snare, but yeah. I just, I just remember him being a pretty big deal where, when he would dance. Is that, am I remember? is he the right Andy? I, I, I mean, he might have. I really, like, about the time that I started playing, he kind of fell off mm-hmm. a little bit. So I'm, I'm not really sure. I never really played with him. Um, but anyway, there's just a lot of people doing it. And as strange as it sounds, everybody else was doing it. So I did it. And that's not really what you think about when you think about bagpipes. But that's what happened. So peer pressure works. Yeah, it really did. So, so that's how you got started, but, you know, we're now a few years hence. Why do you still do it? What keeps you coming back? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I don't mean to cause an I existential mean, crisis or anything. Like, I, don't, don't go quitting I'm, now. I'm having a problem here. I'm fretting right now. No, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy playing the pipes. I enjoy the music. I enjoy the culture. Um, it's all great, but I think my number one thing that I enjoy the most about uh, pipe band is just the people like I enjoy I, they're my friends and so I enjoy the time to come and hang out with my friends uh, have fun going on trips with my friends you know that's pretty much that's probably the biggest thing it's just mm-hmm. time with my friends yeah Corona's put a bit of a downer on some of that huh definitely has who do you think is your like outside of the bagpiping community what do your friends and family that you know your wife your kids your friends and family who don't play what do they think of it uh, a lot of people like it. I mean, I think this is probably what everybody experiences. Like, there's a lot of people that like it. Um, maybe, like, my family is like, yeah, we like it, but shut up already. Yeah, like, we've, we've heard enough. <laughs> yeah, stop that. Um, but, uh, you know, acquaintances at work or friends at work and stuff are always like, you're going to bring in your bagpipes, bring in your bagpipes. You're going to pipe band tonight, bring in your bagpipes on the way. Uh, like, you know, people want to hear them and... And it's probably just like a curiosity thing. And once they hear them once, they'll be like, great, 
never do that again. Yeah, that but, was cool. Never again. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people enjoy them. And there's a couple of people that are like, you know, they really don't like bagpipes for whatever reason. Um, and they make jokes at me as well about never wanting to hear my bagpipes. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, I think a lot of people are curious and would like to hear them. And then there's all the way on the other spectrum or on the other side of the spectrum, people who just love it can't get enough. So, yeah. Do you ever, um, do you ever kind of wish that you could play your bagpipes uh, quietly alone and not have anyone either upset or begging for one more song? 100%. Yes. Um, I would someday like to just have, you know, one of those uh, soundproof practice rooms they have at like schools and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Want one of those be nice but it'd have to be like super super soundproof you know right like like suck the sound out of it for you yeah like you're actually jettisoned into space for a time uh, hey that's a that's a great idea it could be it could be a a profitable company you should try that put a pit in that (laughs) you're a scientist but you you could make this happen yeah just like a yeah it's easy easy stuff so what who who usually does get to listen to your practice to you practicing? Is it usually wife and kids, or do you go elsewhere to practice to spare them? I, yeah, I usually will go to like a park or something. Um, I never try. I try to never go to the same place twice because I don't want to bug people or have people um, come out and listen to me. I I don't know. Like it's it's funny because bagpipes are such a loud instrument, but I I like really don't like it when people listen to me play. <laughs> like people walking on the sidewalk <laughs> look at you and like don't listen to me yeah when I used to live in Logan going to school I would I would just drive to different parks and it, it doesn't matter man wherever you go people just come out of the woodwork when you start playing and you know it takes a while you can't just like do something quick and get out you gotta tune up and warm up and then by the time you're like ready to go there's like six people there kind of kind of like trying to walk by but not watch you but they're actually just there to watch you you know right yeah they're not sitting down with popcorn but it's pretty close yeah basically so what kind of setup are you playing right now like what kind of pipes what kind of reeds what are you what's your what's your gig oh man you've 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 hit on something that i just have no idea about that's i know i have uh canards uh, as far as my drone reads um I'm playing a band, a band read for my channel read, which I don't know what it is. I don't know. Um, Do you remember what color the string is on it? I don't. That's all right. (laughs) I don't. Anyway, and then my pipes are a mystery to me. Um, When I was in high school and I was, uh, I graduated from the packy pipes that I had been playing on. My parents uh, worked with Don and got me. Yeah, a nice a nice set of pipes that are not a genuine brand. They're like a knockoff brand. Uh, what is it? What is it? A lookalike of a certain of a certain nice uh, brand of pipes. But I have no idea what they're a lookalike of. I just know that they're not the actual version of it. So I don't know. It's a mystery. Oh, yeah. well, who knows? Hey, maybe they're like unmarked World War One pipes or something. Uh, perhaps. I mean, they know. sound great. I think they sound great and they're nice, but yeah, I have no idea. They're, it's one of those things that Don was like, "Yeah, I have these pipes, and they're this price," and we were like, yep. "Okay, that's the ones." The pipes pick the piper. That's that's the yeah, truth. yeah. 
Um, do you have any any favorite places that you've played, people for whom you've played gigs, you know, anything that stands out, whether it be for its ridiculousness, its funniness, its coolness? Sure. Um, so once when I was at uh, school again up in Logan, uh, I did a funeral, and I did it up at, a, I think it's the North Logan Cemetery. But anyway, it's just like a, a most beautiful cemetery I've ever seen, which sounds weird, but it was beautiful cemetery. Like, you drive up uh, kind of on the hills of this beautiful green mountain, and there's just luscious trees, and it was, I mean, it was just a beautiful green area, and it was kind of off from the rest of the city, you know, so, yeah, I don't know, it was just a really good experience. The funeral went great, that probably had something to do with it, you know, didn't have my pipes explode on me in front of everybody, but yeah, that was really nice. So playing in I pretty think, places. Yeah, helps, makes makes it nicer, mm. pretty places. Yeah, I'm all about that. We did a, we did a Scottish festival uh, a while back in White Peaks that was the Queen Mary. Queen Mary? Yeah, the Queen Mary, that's the one with the boat. Yeah, the one with the boat. I don't think we actually got to play on the boat. Um, but we got to go on the boat, take some pictures in our uniforms, which was pretty cool. One time we did one in Las Vegas. It was like a Scottish festival in Las Vegas. And ah, we with played the on the old, the old strip. Oh, And it yeah. was really cool. Like the, that one, that, the competition circle was actually set up like in the road. So like that in the was middle of the street. That was before they started doing it at that fairgrounds with the peacocks. Then that was yeah, that's correct. This was like the first year we did it as as uh, White Peaks. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it was just like it, it was just like set up in the street, and that's where the competition circle was kind of cool. Did they stop traffic? Yeah, it's, it's it was it was the old strip. Uh, okay, uh, what's it called? I was, I was gonna uh, say like whatever street. I don't remember, but yeah, there or there was not a lot of traffic, and if there was, I'm sure they diverted it, but. Yeah, it was really cool. That does sound cool. Was that in the middle of summer, though, too? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine that was perhaps painful. It was quite warm. Yeah. I mean, Vegas gets gets a little warm. It might have been in the fall. I actually don't remember, like, sweating my face off, but mm. so it might have been in the fall. But anyway, the venue was cool. So, Al, if, uh, if money were no object, what would be the sort of the bagpiping thing that you'd have? And this could be travel, uniform, instruction, instrument, anything that's kind of related. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> I'd probably get myself a new set of pipes. Um, just, I don't know. I don't even know why. Like, my pipes are great. But one one ones with maybe a little nicer finish on the outside like yeah. i do i do enjoy like the the silver uh finish on them mm. mine just have the false ivory caps and and ferrules and stuff so so you'd want like silver everywhere like that. yeah you, would you go for I the mean, engraved silver or like just like a smooth finish probably engraved that looks real good yeah you like those like the celtic knots or like the like victorian kind of you know, feathery flower kind of stuff, or would you have something custom, uh, like your own face over and over again? Probably, yeah, I'd probably do my own face. Mm, I would engrave my face and my pipes so everybody knew what's up. So what about what about the wood for the pipes? Um, like, do you like the beading and combing, or would you prefer, like, a smooth wood finish? Uh, I do like the beading and combing, but I, if I could get it, I don't love it when they have... Uh, what it's like it's like a shinier finish on on the oh, pipe yeah. on the wood like itself. I don't I don't thing. love that. Oh, so you'd like more of a matte kind of? Yeah, I do enjoy like a matte 
uh, finish on the wood. What is your pipes shiny? Are your pipes shiny right now, or are they more of a matte finish? They're a little, they're matte. Yeah, mine mine used to be shiny, and uh, a few years ago, I decided I I took just took some paint thinner to them and got all the varnish off. Mm. And now, just nice. once a year, I just put them on a lathe and recoat them in in some good hard wax, some coca bolo, or, or excuse me, not coca bolo, some carnuba wax, or or something like that, and it gives them this. I'm really happy with that matte finish. I, I agree with you. I like that look a lot more. It does look it does look really nice. So, Al, do you have any uh, pipers or even like other musicians that have pipers in the band or bagpipe bands that you especially love listening to? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I you used don't, to listen to. Or you don't know. <laughs> I used to listen. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I used to listen to quite a bit uh, in high school of pipe music. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really listened to it a lot. Um, is this is this because the years. only CD in your truck is Tool, so that's all you listen to now? Yeah, really, I just listen to Tool all the time. Just never stops. They don't have bagpipes. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Just yesterday, I was at Walmart. I was down at the Walmart, and in mm. their like three dollar CD bin, they had a Tool album, and I thought to myself for just a sec, I could be just like Al. <laughs> could be. You, you, should, you should be. Everybody I could get one be. Tool CD. And put it in my CD player and never take it out. Uh, I think that I honestly, honestly, I really think that CD is still just in my in my truck. Well, where else are you gonna put no it? You got to keep it somewhere. Well, yeah, it's I don't I don't have a case anymore, so yeah, don't want it to get scratched. So, have you ever considered learning to play drums? Uh, maybe for a minute. I think actually before I started playing pipes, I was going to try and do tenor. I had some sticks, and I, w I learned how to lace them onto my fingers, learned how to do a couple of the twirly-twirlies, um, but that didn't last too long. I quickly was diverted to pipes, and I honestly don't remember the reason why I was diverted that way. Oh, it was, was probably because only girls are allowed to play tenor. Perhaps so. Mm -hmm. Couldn't pass as a female. Oh, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm just joking, of course. I've always wanted to learn to play tenor, too. That's <laughs> when it I, is, I, I, think it's, I think it's an awesome instrument. It looks... It, it's so cool and so fun to, to do those flourishes. Well, that's when I was a kid. My, so my parents, they, they moved to Payson mostly, uh, not mostly, but at least partly so that their kids would go to the high school pipe band, you know, go to the high school there and, and learn to play pipes. Mm -hmm. And so my dad was rather upset when I was a small child and saw White Peaks playing. And, at least, I, no, it might have been Utah Pipe Band. Anyway, I saw a pipe band playing, and I was like, I'm going to learn how to play that drum where they twirl the stuff. And my dad was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to learn to play bagpipes. <laughs> So I'd still like to circle back and learn tenor at some point. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. So is there anything that you uh, that, that you uh, do before a performance, like some sort of pre-performance ritual, whether it's the night before or moments before? Sure, I pee like three times because <laughs> I always just, at different stages, got to pee. Just It just comes. It doesn't matter if you just barely peed. You just got to pee again. Yeah. Sorry to be crass. Sorry, everybody. No, you know what? You are far from the first person who has said that. <laughs> so that's, I, love, I love seeing that, that that pattern is developing. I, I, I know that, like, like, I used to work a job where, I'd, where I'd, I'd basically be, like, unable to go to the bathroom for very long periods of time. And so when approaching the threshold of doing this task, you know, like, my body would always tell me, like, it's time to go. You got to go. You know what I mean? 
And I think that it's perfectly reasonable to think that we've built up the same kind of thing with playing bagpipes. You know, like if you got a gig coming, your body's like, empty out, get it done. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like a some evolutionary thing where it's like, this is going to be scary, and you don't want to embarrass yourself, so you got to pee <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> That's right. So, other than bagpipes, what other what other music do you like? Uh, I mean, other than bagpipes and other than Tool, <laughs> what other music do you like? Well, that's the two major food groups uh, for me. But um, I don't know. I really like most music, honestly. Um, like, I enjoy a lot of rock and roll, metal. There's the tool, right? Um, I enjoy, like, folks, folksy music, mm-hmm. uh, some some nice, uh, some nice uh, acoustic guitar. I enjoy some uh, old-timey country. I don't so much enjoy, like, the modern uh, country, but even even back into like '90s and before country, I enjoy. Um, uh, what else? I enjoy, you know, Motown and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I actually have a secret, uh, really indulging love uh, for um, female pop singers, Katy Perry. Lady Gaga, it's, it's real. It's real good. It's all real good stuff. You know. See ya. Okay. Here, here, here's something. You know, you you're being vulnerable, Al. I'm gonna go ahead and respond with vulnerability as well. Wow. Well, okay. Let's do it. When you said Motown, that that my ears perked up. For me personally, I'm not sure why. The way I was brought up, something. Motown is the sound of Christmas for me. Oh yeah. Like, like it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, being you know, or, or uh, Crosby, you know, Bing Crosby. It's not, it's not like the, sort of those classic Christmas folks. Um, it's mm-hmm. Motown for sure. And, uh, and then you said female pop artists, and you even mentioned Sia. Mm-hmm. Sia. Sia put out a song. I think it was in 2019, around Christmas time. That song is okay. Candy Cane Lane. Are you familiar? Okay, yeah, yeah. She put out a whole album, Christmas album. Oh, yeah, she put out the whole album, but I'm thinking specifically of the song Candy Cane Lane. Sure, sure. I love that song. I listen to it year round. <laughs> I love it Very so good. much. Very I'm, good. My wife makes fun of me. She's like, this is just the epitome of like plasticky, you know, like consumerism, Christmassy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I hate everything else. But this just like goes so far that it becomes beautiful. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad you enjoy Sia. I'm glad, I'm glad that we were able to talk about this. I've never told anybody else. Well, now... now Everybody knows everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, there are going to be, like, three people who are going to be aware of this now, so. Well, you know, your secret's out, and that's good. Way to be, way to, way to be free. Yeah, I feel, I feel better now. Maybe I'll start listening to it without headphones on, you know? Who cares? Who knows? Especially when yeah. I listen to it, like, in June. <laughs> just, just drop that window down, crank the volume up. Who cares who's next to you at the stoplight? That's right. Candy Cane Lane, all the way. Now, do you play any other instruments? Do you noodle around on the guitar or anything like that? Uh, no, I would love to learn how to play the guitar or the fiddle would be great. Uh, fiddle. I, in high school, I, well, in high school, junior high, I guess junior high, I probably stopped in high school. In junior high and middle school, I played the oboe. The oboe, the other, really? The other double-bladed reed right. instrument, yeah. Um, but I also hated that because it's a solo instrument a lot of times. And so, you know, as the music became more um, complicated, there would often be oboe solo parts and I hated it because I was not very good 
And, and having grown up in the same area, I know that our schools were not very big. It was a semi-rural area. Were you the only oboe player in most cases? Uh, there's usually like two or three of us. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that translated over in any way for your bagpiping, though? Do you think that kind of gave you a leg up on fingering work and stuff like that? Uh, maybe. Maybe just getting used to, you know, doing different uh, fingerings and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot really in common. I know it's a double-bladed instrument, but you don't actually play directly on the on the reed with a bagpipe, so that's pretty different. Maybe yeah. maybe the care for a double-bladed reed mm. is something that I would have learned. Learned how to be careful. Um, well, Al, are you binging any TV shows right now? What's your go-to? <clears throat> oh, baby, this is this is my TV time um, this this time of the year because I love scary crap. Love scary crap. Do you? Are you are you like a, what's that what's that all scary stuff all the time service that's out now? Is it a it's like cringe or something like that? It's like a I streaming service. It's just like nothing but scary shows. I don't know, but I'm gonna have to look into that because I'm into it. I'm into it because it scares the crap out of me. It's not because I am like looking to feel something in the world or something. It scares the crap out of me. I get scared really easy, but and you like I enjoy it. it. Mm. So. uh <clears throat> Like a lot of the things I listen to during the months of like June to November, because that's when Halloween season is, obviously. Yeah, that's when Halloween um, starts. Are like scary podcasts, like on my way to work while I'm at work, if I'm not doing something that I have to concentrate on super hard, just listen to scary podcasts and freak myself out. And then when it comes to TV time, I watch scary shows. Um, so lately I've been watching Hill House with my wife on Netflix. If anybody's ever seen that, mm. um, it's pretty spooky. Um, they just came out with the second season, so we just got through the first season together uh, to get her caught up, and now we're going to start the second season, and I'm very frightened about it. Oh, so you haven't seen it before? You're just you're watching it right now? No, I've seen the first season, but oh, we just I watched see. it again to get my wife caught up, and then ah, we're going to do the you. second season. So, so do you have a, a specific scary movie genre that's your especially especially your favorite? You know, like is it you know psych, psycho thriller, threat like uh, you know like bloody thrasher kind of thing? Yeah, so I'm not super into like slasher stuff. I'm more into like supernatural, ghosty, ghosty stuff. Uh, ghosty um, stuff. That's, alien that's stuff really too, or me. mostly ghosty. Uh, alieny stuff's good. Um, it's I th- I have a hard time finding stuff that's like subtly spooky and alieny. A lot of that's really in your face, and it's it's more science fiction than than horror. But sure. yeah, there's a few good uh, space horror films that I enjoy. Did you ever see a movie called Watcher in the Woods? I did. My my mom used to push that on us Halloween times to make sure we weren't watching the bad Halloween movies, you know? Oh, sure. I, yeah, because Disney produced that one. I yeah, remember, right? yeah. It's a, it's a spooky show, though. I'm like, this is made by Disney? That's crazy. It's yeah, scary. I, I can't watch it now, honestly. I, I'm, not, I'm not speaking hyperbolically, Al. When I saw that movie, I went over a year without looking in the mirror. <laughs> like, when I walked into a bathroom, whether it was at home or at school, and this was when I was in elementary school, I would avert my eyes and run as fast as I could to get past the mirror. Um, if I accidentally saw my reflection in like shiny metal or something, I'd look away right away. Car mirrors, anything. And it was, it, I know for sure it was over a year because it went from Halloween time to Halloween time. And I swear, never looked in the mirror. Yeah, I mean, the reason, the reason I like scary movies is because I get freaked out. So trust me when I say, <laughs> like, I also get... I don't know. Like, I have a hard time sleeping sometimes after I watch stuff. <laughs> and you love it, huh? And I love it. 
Well, cool. So, Al, as we kind of, you can imagine that in, in post I'll add like some drones and, or something like this. So very, very artfully we will fade out. And yes, yes, I've been listening in. to the, the other episodes. Really yeah. Cool. Oh, oh, good. You're one of you're one of the one of the three listeners. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Um, so as it's fading out, give me some words of wisdom. Oh, jeez. Let me uh, put you on the um, spot here. Do things that are good. Things 